It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. All right, good evening, everybody. It is Sunday night. It is 8 o'clock. It is time for episode 219 of the Ron and Brian podcast. Brian, you okay over there, my friend? How are you doing tonight? You got you got a little cough, a little, little dry throat. What's uh, what's happening? You need a break? I um, I, I, I think I've contracted the polio. <laughs> the polio? How did that happen? So cold. I'm so cold, Ron. Um, and all seriously, Ron, um, earlier this week, uh, as you can see, I am broadcasting once again from corporate housing here on the Isle of Manhattan. Earlier this week, um, the New York City Department of Health was doing a random test of the wastewater coming out of my apartment building. As you can see on the screen right now, for those who are watching the video feed, um, polio was mm. recently um, detected in New York City wastewater, a disease that we had eradicated decades ago um, due to a very safe, uh, you know, a very, you know, one of the safest vaccines. You know, everybody was saying that it's one of the greatest vaccines known to mankind was the polio vaccine. And um, and earlier this week, it was just it was tragic. I was, I was sleeping in my bed. It was 4 a.m. in the morning. I there was pounding on my door um, that day. I happened to have been put set up my 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 bedroom cot right outside of the uh, you know the um, entrance to my apartment. Um, woken up by the um, you know the the stormtroopers of the New York City Department of Health once again ordering me to immediately vacate my domicile. Um, so I've been staying for the last couple of days here on Manhattan Island, and um, I've been feeling. I've been getting some chills. Okay. Um, my uh, uh, my legs feel a little stiff when I walk. Um, I've taken to smoking cigarettes out of a cigarette holder and arguing um, that we're going to end the Great Depression and that I should run for a fifth term as the uh, president of the United States of America, that, you know, we may drop the bomb um uh against the russians i don't know you know we, maybe we have it maybe we don't um there's but, nothing um, the uh the kids respond uh more to than fdr references <laughs> so we again proving that we are in the uh, zeitgeist of uh, current events <laughs> ron how are you doing uh, i'm doing all right <clears throat> doing a little bit better than last week but we will uh, we will get into that shortly, uh, but excited to do an episode this week. Lot happening in the news this past week, obviously to get into. Uh, so let's uh, let's just get rolling with drink of the week. Drink of the week. Nazdrovia. Salud. Drink of the week. Trancha. Drink of the week, drink of the week, drink of the week. Uh, and and kudos week. to Allie for noticing, yes, I did fix my camera angle since last week. So uh, hopefully uh, you can admire. Uh, I even shaved today, which I don't often do on a Sunday, but uh, looking good. So Brian, what are you drinking this week? What did you bring to the table uh, to overcome the side effects of your polio? 
Listen, it's summer. It is um, time for fruity beers. And when I say fruity, we're, we are talking this week from our friends over at Blue Point Brewing Company. We're talking about their blueberry ale, which I would describe before I take a sip. I'm just going to assume that it offers an unusual twist on brewing that turns out to be just perfect. I, I assume it's going to have a wonderful blend of fresh blueberries matched with a thirst-quenching distinctive ale. You know, I think that they carefully add 132 pounds of blueberries to each special batch of their ale brewed with 100% American ingredients coming in at 4.5 EBV percentage. Blueberry ale from Blue Point Brewing Company. I do like a nice uh, blueberry ale. Of course, our friends at Blue Point, also the ones that make the pinstripe pills that we enjoyed at Yankee Stadium. He's going back for a second sip right away, my friend. That usually is a good sign. Brian, how do you like it? This is a crushable ale. Okay. Normally I look for pilsners to crush. I like lagers to crush. This is an ale, but I'm going to crush it. I'm, I, I, I predict that by the 36-minute mark of this episode, I will have gone back for another one. All right. Well, that is high praise from you, sir. Very nice. Ron? Yes. What are you drinking? So this week, I actually made a beer run today. It's been a while, but uh, went out and decided to see what was new on the shelves of my local store and went with uh, a brewery that has been featured here previously, our good friends at Workhorse Brewing Company from King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. Uh, this is a new session IPA that they have put out called Queen of Prussia. Uh, again, this is a session IPA, uh, but a low alcohol, only 5%. So a little lighter than uh, normal IPAs. And even the body of it, it's got a, a nice, uh, nice light sheen to it. So let me take a sip here, see how it is. Ooh, that's a pretty oh. color. Oh, that's good. Now, I thought that we had agreed that for Hot Podcaster Summer... You got to give me more uh, heads up than that, my no, friend. No, no, no. Podcaster Summer. You had said that this summer was all about crushable beers, and we were not drinking IPAs anymore. And normally I, I agree, uh, but because it was a low alcohol IPA, and again, because it was from our good friends that were, of course, brewing, they said, can you shout out the new session IPA? I said, sure enough, we'll get it on this week's show. While you are taking another sip, that's how much we know that you like it. Do you understand what a session IPA is as opposed to just another type of IPA? Uh, I don't. I believe it's just like a, it's a special uh, brewing. It's not one that they uh, do on a regular basis. So that is how I interpret that to be. So session is like limited edition. Uh, yes, I think that would be a perfect explanation for it. Okay. Kudos to you, my friend. No. Kudos to you, Ron. All right. I will take your kudos and uh, keep things moving along. I'm the... just assuming that I'm assuming that William Esquire is currently typing out the, defi the definition of session. Like I'm the, sure we will have that in information uh, from him shortly. But in the meantime, it's this is the slowest turn. You can you can start to move. This is the slowest turnaround time I've ever seen. Here we go. Here we go. Time out. Come on. Kill the music. Kill <laughs> the music. Beef of the week. Look at it. We're just, I'm just going to ask you to play it again. <laughs> All right. The term session refers to beers that have all the taste of a regular IPA, 
but with a lower ABB of a rep. This smells like a cut and paste. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm going to take the assumption here. I'm taking the stance that William Esquire did not write this out. First off, there's there's proper you know punctuation. There's lots of commas, quotes, which make them suited to long, hot summer afternoon. So they have a lower ABV. Thank you, William Esquire. So technically, a session IPA would be a crushable IPA, if you will. Yes, yes. One for uh, the, you know, one would be uh, perfect to enjoy during hot podcaster summer. You got to. Hot podcaster summer. What StreamYard really needs to come out with is like a, a shortcut button to allow me to just play hot, hot, hot podcaster summer, whatever it gets said. We'll work you should that. always have that at the ready. <laughs> Brian, we are now into beef of the week. So what's bothering you this week? Um, this Friday, I attended what was quite possibly one of the worst concerts I have attended in at least 10 to 15. Wait, you actually attended that? I thought you posted that on your Facebook page, ironically, as a joke. <clears throat> nope. All right, nope. well then please, I, please tell me. Utilizing a website called Gold Star, where they offer discounted tickets to um, concerts, plays, other events around town. You can try it out for your local town. I'm sure they have a, 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 a city page for Philadelphia. They advertised half price tickets to go see the I Love the 90s tour, featuring the musical acts, CNC Music Factory, Tone Loke, Rob Bass, and Vanilla Ice. Ice, Ice, Ice. It was, in my opinion, one of the hottest messes known to mankind. <laughs> okay. Because it was pointed out to me um, uh, earlier by my roommate here in corporate housing. We went together. It was referred, it, it was. Um, they pointed out to me that it was all acts pretty much who were one hit wonders. So CNC Music Factory literally had two songs. They right. had uh, things that make you go, hmm, hmm. Then they had, um, uh, what was the, what was the, what was their big gonna hit? Make gonna make you sweat. You, gonna make you sweat. Then Rob Bates, it takes two. <laughs> he also had joy and pain, which I had that's true. About. That's true. Okay. Tone Loke, Funky Cold Medina, right, and Wild Thing, correct. Vanilla Ice had Ice Ice Baby. Well, don't forget the uh, Ninja Rap from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, Ron, let me build up to that. Please let me build up to that. Sorry, my apologies. Okay. So um, so we walk in, and um, CNC Music Factory has just started. I would describe the crowd as light. Not body weight size. In terms of percentage attendance of capacity, um, I would say... Uh, uh, I would say there was comfortably um, the age brackets were 40 and up. Okay. So CNC Music Factory comes on and um, there's a lot of crowd work. A lot of people on the left say, ho, people on the right say, ho, I, I think the people on the left gotcha. Hold on. And they put out the mic. 
Um, a lot of that work. And then he did a like nine minute version of going to make you sweat. <laughs> okay. Then, um, then a DJ starts playing music in between CNC and the next music act, um, playing Madonna. Uh, I believe I heard culture club. Okay. Um, uh, and it was, um, really odd watching a, a, a large African-American male DJ who knew how to scratch, I mean, had good crowd work playing uh, Madonna uh, uh, Material Girl. Just didn't fit the vibe. Um, then Tone Loke comes out. Now, if you could remember what happened, you know, back in the, in the uh, to me, they're really 80s artists, not 90s. Right. Um, would you say that Tone Loke or Rob Bass was a bigger act? Um, I would, oof. I would say, I would say Tone Loke probably had more mainstream, more crossover appeal. Would be my Tone Loke comes out second. He does in his act Wild Medina, no Funky Cole Medina, Wild Thing, and then he does um, uh, uh, Gin and Juice. The famous song by Snoop Dogg. Yes. No relation, no, uh, no link, <laughs> no connection. Like just out of nowhere starts doing, um, uh, starts doing uh, uh, gin and juice. Then he leaves. Then um, the DJ plays more music. Then Rob Bass comes out. This man does about a two minute version of Joy and Pain and does seemingly, I would say, a, he does a, a solid 20 minute set of which at least three quarters of it was just pure crowd hype work. All my people in the back say, yeah, who who remembers the 90s? Yeah. I mean, it was just like, it was such a train wreck. Right. Then, then he gets off stage and now we're ready for the headliner. We're ready for the headliner. Now, suddenly Vanilla Ice comes out. Um, he's got a drummer who is drumming, but you can't hear the drums in the music. So like, clearly they're not like microphone Danella. Right. He's got a, uh, he's got his DJ. He's got his own DJ, not using the, the, the house DJ. No, for no, the night. of course not. So he does a couple songs and, um, I believe probably about six minutes into his act. Um, he comes out and, so, and he's got somebody in a head to toe, Ninja Turtle outfit <laughs> going like this, going like that, pointing to the audience, dancing along to the Ninja Rap song, which I had completely forgotten. I mean, just the fact of Vanilla Ice doing his set, he's like, yeah, how many of you people out there love the Ninja Turtles? They were from <laughs> New York. I bet you don't remember that, but they were from New York. They were from right here in New York. Yeah, we're we're gonna go take it all the way back, ninja style. And I looked at I'm I'm looking out at the crowd. I'm like, oh, ninja, please, that's not gonna happen. And then guess a little dude comes out in a ninja costume and he starts. Ooh, it was atrocious. <laughs> the next song into the act was, um, uh, he uh, some some uh, uh, one of his guys on the stage brings out two inflatable. Looks like barrels. Okay, with some t with some screen typing on it, 
And um, finally, I could read what it said, and it had the word joy burst on, uh, on, on both of them. I'm like, I don't know what joy burst is. Then Vanilla Nice announces that, you know, um, you know, he's feeling a little tired. But, you know, there's one thing that's really important to him, and that's, you know, drinking um, uh, all-natural energy products. So then he brings out another guy who starts singing. It goes into a rap song, which is an ad, uh, the, the song he wrote for Joy Burst, which is Vanilla Ice's energy drink. So there's one guy in the in, on stage, literally holding up the barrels, the inflatable barrels right. that say "Joy Burst" on it, um, and 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 my lady and I literally sat there and we're just like, we need to get out of here. This is atrocious. <laughs> um, but I did have to look up what Joy Burst was, and, and um, Joy Burst is you know, um, it's Vanilla Ice designed himself Joy Burst. Um, specifically Joy Burst Vanilla Ice. With the aromatic smell and savory taste of cotton candy and blueberries combined with the refreshing taste of chilled ice, you'll want to sing Vanilla Ice Baby after each sip. All our flowers flavors are naturally caffeinated with green tea extract, providing energy that will have you dancing through the day. Joy Burst Vanilla Ice is a timeless classic for those no sugar, no crash moments. Grab yours while supplies last. And get your joy burst. Well, it, uh, and that's when we walked out. We didn't even stay for Vanilla Ice, Ice Baby. We were just like, this is this has this has hit a low that we cannot expose ourselves to anymore. So you'll uh, you'll get a kick out of this, Brian. So you know, this Friday night, I am uh, attending the uh, the Phillies game here at Citizens Bank Park uh, as they match up against the New York Metropolitans in sure. a game which actually means something now. Phillies were only a half game out of the. Second wild card slot. Yeah, but aren't they 11 and a half games out of first, so it doesn't really mean that much? Well, I mean, it, it means something to Philly, but listen, the Mets... If they can make the playoffs, I mean, that's just, you know, that's me. But of course, what is happening at the end of the game, Ryan? Well, the Phillies, the Phillies are going to throw it back with a special on-field performance for the I Love the 90s post-game concert featuring Vanilla Ice, Tone Loke, Rob Bass, and DJ Jazzy Jeff presented by Jim Beam. Oh my god, you need to stay for it. You well, that was the plan. That was part of the reason we got the uh, the tickets. We were like, "Oh, this will be kind of uh, fun. We'll go see I Love the 90s after uh, the Phillies game." Oh my god. I I I literally need to speak to you while it's happening. I will uh we will we will FaceTime during the uh during uh, the concert. Please. Oh my god, that's so good. That it, it was such a train wreck. And the only reason why I feel like it was such a train wreck was because they had to fill up like two hours of a show. They had to give the, you know, uh, uh, the people um, entertainment value. Right. Um, there had to be some time in between acts for crowds, for people in the crowd to go get drinks. You know, that's how the clubs, you know, there has to be time for a changeover. But the actual acts did not have enough um, material to fill a show. Oh, so without the a amount doubt. of crowd work, the amount of like you know hype, uh, uh, rather than just doing a set of music, was just sho- it was just shocking to me. That's so why, that was like, my- when I saw that there was an actual concert, I was shocked. Like as a mm-hmm. post game concert. Perfect, because how long do you have to fill? 45 minutes to an hour after the baseball game? And you got four acts? Perfect. But to fill an entire concert with I Love the 90s, 
um, <clears throat> well, you 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 uh, you encapsulated the evening perfectly. Yeah. Oh, I think. absolutely. Well, the show started, I think, around like eight ten or so. Um, I think it was probably, and then um, uh, I think we left. It was about ten to ten, hmm. which was wild. Wild that you made wild. it that long, to be honest. But you want to know something? It was worth the forty five dollars. Oh, I'm sure. I'm tickets. sure. Like I have no regrets going. I have no regrets on the money spent. I have pissed away money in so many worse places than <laughs> um, than, than going to see uh, uh, the I Love the Nineties tour. Um, I think I spent more on the for, uh, on drinks than I did uh, for the for the actual tickets. Probably more um, than likely, and it was fun. It, yeah, it, you know, I listen, say you I, got a kick out of it. You get, you enjoyed it for all the wrong reasons, but you still enjoyed sure. it. Yeah, I mean, it was fun when you know once when you actually they're actually performing the songs you want to hear. Like yeah, when Tone Loke is doing wild thing. Like I found myself remembering like lyrics that I thought I had forgotten years ago. You found your flow again. Damn straight, Ron. Yes. Speaking of flow. Yes. What's bothering you? Uh, so my beef this uh, this past week, Brian, uh, was COVID. I as I as I can now announce. Um, last week, uh, I was in the early stages of COVID. Um, I was a little stuffy last uh, last Sunday's show. Felt it was uh, possibly my allergies because it felt like my allergies. And also, and this is kind of the interesting thing, Brian, uh, tested negative with multiple home tests prior to going out and getting a PCR test. Right. So uh, found out on Tuesday that I was positive for COVID. Uh, thankfully, my symptoms were relatively mild, uh, mostly stuffed up, dry throat, uh, some fatigue, some body aches. What was interesting, two things were interesting. My skin hurt at times during the week. Like not my muscles, not my joints, my literal skin hurt. And then this brain fog that I got during the week was just like, like I'd be having a conversation and literally would forget the next sentence that I was going to say. Really? Yes. So that I'm was interesting. Shocked. So I made it two and a half years Finally got my first case of COVID. Now, how do you, first off, congratulations. Welcome to the club. You have you. two more. You've got two more to catch up. I <laughs> eagerly, um, I eagerly await um, the competition as to who will get COVID more, yes. you or I. Um, how do you think you caught it? Um, you know, I'm not quite sure. I feel possibly going to that old timers game uh, in New York City. That was the last large group of people that uh, we were in. Or, you know, maybe just at the grocery store. You never know. You did take a car service both ways from True. New York to Philadelphia. Did you, um, were you masked up during the car ride? Uh, we were not. I know our driver on the way up was vaccinated and the guy on the way down was masked up. But you never know. You never, never know. Maybe it was you. Maybe you uh, had a eighth case of COVID that I was unaware of. You did no. spit in my mouth numerous times at the uh, Yankees game. So you kept asking me to. I thought it was interesting, but uh, who knows? So, yeah, so I, I feel better. Uh, I will be going to uh, get a follow up uh, test tomorrow just to make sure everything is clear and uh, we will go from there. I was concerned with how you sounded a week ago. Um, I, you know, in listening back to it, I, I didn't think I was as uh, congested as I was. Uh, but in listening back to last week's uh, podcast, I could see why you would have been concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Janelle brings up a good point. Um, at any point, did you go to King of Prussia, maybe for a, uh, um, a weightlifting competition? 
Um, you know, I, uh, I, I skipped my power lifting meet. I heard those are a den of COVID, but very possibly, you know, uh, I drove through King of Prussia, very possibly could have, could have just clung to my car on the way going through. Um, how did you, I mean, did you get the antibody treatment? I, I did. I did. Very, very po- it's very popular nowadays when people get COVID that um, they run to the hospital to get a um, IV injection of antibodies. Um, did you uh, go ahead and do that? I did not. You know, since my symptoms were relatively mild, I said, you know what, let me just tough this out. Uh, let my God-given immune system um, and my vaccination and my boost just take care of it and knock it out of my system. And I feel that uh, at this point it is done so. So I am uh, I am not not quite 100 percent. I put myself at like 93 percent at best okay. right now, but still Listen, better you than 90, last week. You at 93 percent is still 84 percent better than the average human being. Very true. You uh, you bring up a good point. But let's let's put the COVID aside. Let's put my uh, my amazing immune system aside. Let's get into the news for the week, Brian. Obviously, the biggest story this past week is uh, FBI and agents. And Hayes. And Hayes. Oh, my apologies. Uh, star of star of uh, uh, movies such as Danny Brasco, um, Donnie Brasco, uh, Ellen Donnie. I was just trying to see if you were paying attention. Right. Um, it's the COVID fog. It's the, six it's days, seven nights. Uh, another one. It's, it's the polio fog. Um, also, um, she was also a star in Ellen DeGeneres' bed for a couple of years. True. Very true. I keep I always forget to bring the banners down. See, it's that COVID brain. Just uh, so, yeah. Are, are, you, are you actually talking about Anne Haitian now or are you just? Uh... Well, no, that's not the top. I, I, do, I would like to talk about it later on. All right. We'll, um, get, we'll get there eventually. Uh, but yes, obviously, FBA, FBI agents raiding uh mar-a-lago and uh pulling boxes of uh white house and government documents uh that apparently donald trump has been hanging on to for i mean i guess almost a year now Uh, i guess over a year now actually would be the case yes and so come to find that apparently the fbi um has been uh, negotiating for a while now to try and get these boxes back. Um, I think 15 boxes of White House records. Mm -hmm. Um, And then a number of unclassified items. Uh, But we're finding um, as as the the days go on and the the search warrant and the, uh, the, uh, the list of items retrieved has been released, I think the DOJ has been very transparent about this entire situation. And it has been interesting to watch the shift in narrative from even Fox News and a number of members of the GOP, where at first they were accusing uh, President Biden of weaponizing the GOJ against a political opponent. Now, Are they not I mean, doing that anymore? Uh, there's definitely been a shift. Um, senior really? GOP officials has, have apparently been advised to stop uh, trashing the FBI in public, uh, Fox News. There are a number of correspondents that are starting to say, like, this is a serious issue. These items, you know, these classified documents, these top secret documents. Um, it's you know, it's becoming more and more likely that Donald Trump was, you know, accepting money for access to these documents for people to come in and look at these things. Whoa, 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 um, whoa! Where did you hear that? That is, I've not heard that whatsoever. I, I've heard videos exist of 
you know, and again, not not necessarily selling them to a foreign entity, but literally, you know, for, in exchange for donations to the campaign being like, hey, would you like to look at, you know, nuclear documents from our country? No, he wouldn't yeah. be that fucking stupid. Are you hearing again yet to be? Yet to be proven. I, I've I've seen it in in on some of the news shows. People saying that these are videos that the FBI has. They say they have videos of individuals that have have handled the documents. Um, apparently, they will also be fingerprinting the documents to find out exactly who may have touched these documents. Um, but oh this, my God, that's this... so much worse than what I thought was <laughs> happening. Because what I thought was just the case. Um, was that there were a series of, do- of documents that were quote unquote missing, according to the National Archives, that um, uh, back, I believe, in January, he turned over a set of 11 boxes um, back to the National Archives. Um, and uh, one of his lawyers signed a document stating that these were all of the materials that he had that would. Um, uh, uh, be considered government property, that there was no other um, uh, uh, government pa- paperwork in his possession, that the FBI always was under the uh, impression that there were additional uh, documents and that um, they continued to negotiate with uh, Trump's representatives and that recently there had been a complete breakdown of progress and talks now, to me, I don't know what kind of negotiations, like, like how many back and forth do you have to have? We think you have documents. I don't have documents. We think you have documents. Well, maybe I have documents. We think you have documents. Perhaps I have documents. We have do- <laughs> like, like, how, like, how does that conversation go? Right. Apparently, negotiations had completely broken down. And then um, they immediately, uh, last week, uh, 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 What's the word I'm thinking of? Went into Mar-a-Lago and um, uh, served the warrant. Now, I think what everybody immediately um, has theorized, and it seems a solid argument, is that somebody who has been inside Mar-a-Lago, who has an understanding of where these documents were located on the property, who understood what types of documents they were talking about, um, were... uh, uh, gave some gave, gave um, that piece of information to the Department of Justice. We know for a fact that, that many people inside of his inner circle, like his children, his um, uh, campaign representative and whatnot, have um, been subpoenaed, who have been, um, what sort of thinking, who have been deposed in um, uh, by government lawyers, um, obviously, what you know, those communications are are not public yet. We don't know what the what information, who gave what or whatnot. But that this would not never have happened had someone not gone step forward and said, "Yes, there is absolutely um, top secret uh, documents. Yes, there is absolutely classified documents. Um, they are um, of this type. They are. Um, this is how they're being handled and whatnot. And because of the urgency of 
um, of the type of not urgency because of the um, uh, nature of those documents that the FBI and the Department of Justice immediately just said, OK, this is something we need to step in immediately and do. This is not something we can go back and start a new round of negotiations with. So that was the um, indicator that it had to have been something serious. I am shocked to hear this. Uh, and and I'm, I don't mean like, you know, um, uh, frivolously shocked, but genuinely shocked that like he is taking campaign donations in exchange for showing people classified documents. And uh, to your point, you know, uh, former chief of staff Mick Mulvaney said it was probably someone very close to the president uh, <clears throat> providing that information, especially since, you know, they were able to locate the exact location of the boxes at Mar-a-Lago. And they're also able to locate a safe um, at Mar-a-Lago, also mm-hmm. containing documents that apparently very few individuals actually even knew existed at that location. So right. clearly uh, someone very close to Donald flipped on this. Ooh. And, and you know, it's also such a mind fuck because you know they're like that someone's telling him some like he's going to ask the question to somebody, how did this happen? Right. And the obvious answer is, well, somebody gave someone who knew the inner workings of where Mar-a-Lago um, uh, you know, has its closets and whatnot. And I, I, I read an article earlier this week that it even got to the point in terms of negotiations as to um, the government was telling um, uh, Trump's representatives of the types of locks that needed to be used for um, uh, the uh, uh, rooms that uh, he was storing these boxes in. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously Trump has gone on the defense by saying it was a witch hunt, saying that the uh, the evidence was planted. But if it wasn't planted, uh, he declassified the documents. So just really uh, throwing a, a number of layers of bullshit out there to see uh, which will stick with his base. Um, well, also- what I found, not to cut you up, but the other thing before I forget, because I also still have brain fog, um, <laughs> was that um, he uh, issued a statement on his Truth Social website where there's actually very little truth that Obama somehow he claimed took 33 million documents that were government property. And then he also posted, I think this was earlier today, again on um, Truth Social, that he was respectfully requesting that the government return all the documents that they had taken from his house. And when he after he made that comment about Obama, uh, the National Archives made the uh, the rare uh, press release um, stating that all of the documents uh, that President Obama uh, that was referred to were declassified and in the control of the National Archives that Obama does not have control or access to any of those documents. So so making the again, the National Archives is you know, a bipartisan institution, rare for them to make any type of comment, much less a comment uh, sure. contradicting a former president. I mean, yeah. the entire thing uh, for this to have happened to a former president, the the level of considering that it was a federal judge appointed by Trump, it was an FBI sure. director appointed by Trump, you know, the the legal hurdles that had to be met, you would imagine, to get the approval for a warrant and search like this, um, you would think there would have had to have had, you know, pretty airtight evidence prior to moving forward on this. Oh, sure. Um, let's see how this thing plays out. I mean, I'm sure that it will have no effect on on, on the larger society as a whole. 
No, no one will react uh, insanely by it. Uh, Trump was nice enough to uh, send send the uh, unredacted search warrant with the names of the FBI agents uh, to Breitbart, who, of course, uh, posted it with the FBI agents' names. Uh, so they are now receiving death threats. Um, a gentleman by the name of Ricky Schiffer, uh, who, of course, was present in the Capitol on January 6th, uh, was shot dead by police after he attempted to storm Cincinnati's FBI uh, office and then fled, leading to a hours-long standoff. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this was the day after. Correct. Um, he posted uh, or a, a, an account with the name Ricky Shifter. Schiffer. Schiffler. Schiffer? Schiffer. Hold on a second, Ron. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm heading over to the Schiffer. going to take a dump. <laughs> hey, um, hey, now. Um, uh, he posted that, uh, you know, it was uh, it was time, um, you know, to let the, uh, you know, uh, let the, you know, push. It's time for us to take up arms and to uh, stop letting the government push us around and take away our liberties. Um, you know, if, if, if nobody heard from him again on social media, it was because the government got to him. Well, the government did. And then he decided that he was going to try to break into an FBI building that was that was completely open. It's not like he tried to sneak in at 2 a.m. No, this guy just walked, just tried to walk in. It was rough. So, uh, again, he uh, had an hours long standoff. Uh, He attempted to raise a gun towards officers around three o'clock that afternoon. And, uh, well, that did not end well for him as he was shot and killed. I'm sure that this was a, um, you know, uh, an individual act of a lone man. I'm sure that there's no other acts um, that took place this week that uh, of people upset at the government. Well, we'll see. We're not exactly sure what this next individual's uh, motivations were, but a man drove a vehicle into a barricade near the U.S. Capitol early this morning and opened fire in the street before fatally turning the gun on himself as his car burst into flames. Uh, The gentleman, identified as Richard York III uh, from Delaware, um, again, rammed his car into a barricade. Um, The car, quote, became engulfed in flames And when the driver got out, he subsequently fired several shots in the air. And then as Capitol Police started to approach him, he fatally shot himself. This sounds like suicide by cop. I mean, well, it's suicide by himself because he didn't he never even allowed himself to get shot by a cop. Oh, he shot himself. He shot himself. Yes. Wouldn't it just been easier for him to kill himself? I mean, you know, you kind of go out in a uh, blaze of glory, as it will. Four o'clock, four a.m. And uh, it's not a blaze of glory. I mean, literally, his car was on fire. So yeah, I guess the blaze of glory. But I mean, um, he's accomplished nothing. This guy Ricky Schiffer accomplished nothing. Um, they just killed themselves um, in, in in an act of of anti government uh, um, sentiment that 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 accomplishes nothing. Well, it's just you know to what what also amazes me is people willing to. <clears throat> give their lives for an individual that at the end of the day doesn't care about anyone other than himself. No, I mean, um, the, the number of, uh, of the January 6th protesters who were on social media afterwards, um, speaking directly to Donald Trump, asking for pardons, asking for him to, uh, pronounce them to be patriots. Um, and he did none of that. Right. Um, at the end, I mean, at the end of the day, you do not see Donald Trump, interacting, you know, with these people 
um, his own supporters. He likes to keep them at a far distance and likes to uh, be seen with dictators. Well, and again, if you are not making a major donation to him or his campaign, uh, you don't get a you don't get a pardon. Well, now he has no campaign, so he's just raising money for the sake of it. I mean, this would uh, one thing you can say, uh, the Espionage Act, the violation of it would disqualify him uh, from ever holding political office again, uh, should he be convicted of it. But do you think they have the balls to do it? I don't. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, again, I don't think you can. I don't think you could perform a raid like this without following it up with some sort of criminal charges. I just the man is Teflon that if you look at what this man has done in the past, we'll call it six years, one year leading up to the election, the four years of his term and now the one year after the end of his administration. If you look what this man has done in the past six years and has skipped away with absolutely no real retribution for his actions, um, uh, if I were him, I, I would also be of the mindset that, that that nothing will ever stick to me. Well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, again, I, it will be surprising to see if it does play out that way. But at the very least, you think that they have to attempt to to bring criminal charges against him if they went to this level. And the problem with that, and this is where I was, I, the barrier to um, success here is, is that if they do bring charges against him, it has to be an airtight case. Without a doubt. Because if you if you lose oh. in court, you're guaranteeing this man is going to be the next president of the United States. Without a doubt. You're guaranteeing that the institution of our government um, will be um, irrevocably damaged. Right. That if you try a former president on criminal charges and are found in it and he's found innocent, that the you are handing him um, and his supporters and people on future um, corrupt politicians to sit there and say that um, that this that, you know, you, you that politicians are above the law and any attack on a politician uh, verbal, of course, not physical, I'm not talking Salman Rushdie yet. Um, that any, any, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, any action taken against a politician is now just a partisan act and it's, it's not rooted in reality or fact. Well, I mean, you would, you would hope that the DOJ, uh, AG Garland understood the, the potential ramifications of this. And, you know, again, that's why you hope they were 100% certain of what they re- would be able to do with this moving forward. So. Sure. We shall see. Uh, you mentioned Salman Rushdie, probably uh, one of the few people having a worse week than Donald Trump as he was uh, attacked by a knife-wielding attacker uh, in an upstate New York uh, event that he was uh, speaking at on Friday. <clears throat> um, now, apparently, he's currently on a ventilator, uh, likely going to lose one of his eyes. Uh, nerve is his arm were severed. His liver was stabbed and damaged. Uh, but apparently, he is going to uh, survive. Uh, I heard today he was taken off the ventilator. All right, good, good. So Salman Rushdie, as some of you may or may not remember, wrote the Satanic Verses back in, God, when was that, late 90s? I was going to say 1996, I thought it was. Um, he was also the star of Curb Your, Curb Your Enthusiasm, season 10. Was he? 
Yeah, you don't remember that? Oh, yeah, I, you don't watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. I don't, sorry, I don't watch Curb. My apologies. There was one whole season where um, Larry David had upset a religious figure and they issued a fatwa against him. Ah. So the whole season was about how he was in hiding, uh, wearing ridiculous, um, uh, what do you call it, um, costumes to try to hide his identity. He was staying in a hotel. And then um, Sam and Rushdie was in, I think, two episodes. Okay. 1988. Ah. Ali M. letting us know it was written in 1988. Uh, and again, uh, yes, a fatwa was issued back then. Um, which apparently this gentleman uh, by the name of Hadi Matar, who we have a, uh, a photo of him here appearing in court. Um, he apparently is the assailant, uh, 24 years old from Fairfield, New Jersey. Again, you always got to watch those New Jersey people. Um, he was arrested at the scene uh, by a state trooper that had been assigned to uh, provide protection to Solomon Rushdie. Not oh my good. God! That was my that was my cab driver last Thursday. Jeez, oh, um, his uh, his mom now kind of disowning him, uh, saying her son was a basement dwelling loner who barely worked, never had a girlfriend, and apparently changed after visiting the Mid East uh, last year. Mm. She said that she will never talk to him again, um, and that quote, "He's responsible for his actions." Ooh, mom throwing the kid under the bus. Do you think he's guilty? So you think they got the right guy? I mean, I guess if you catch someone in the act of doing it, um, odds are you're probably guilty. Listen, I don't know how, how trustworthy these organizations are, but there are groups out there um, in the Middle East that are that have um, stated that they themselves will pay over $3 million for Salman Rushdie's death. I believe it's up to $3.3 million, the fatwa. Yeah, but if you take the lump sum payment and then mm. the government takes their cut, you're looking at probably eight, nine hundred grand. Valid point. Valid point. You know, does, um, do you think the IRS takes a cut of a fatwa money? I guess it depends what country you're you're a native of, but I would imagine um, he's from Jersey. No, let's, this guy, yeah, this guy it. is yeah. from New Jersey. I'm saying, like, depending on if someone else had come from overseas to kill him, but yeah, I, I would think. Listen, the the government's going to try. Well, the government's going to try and get their taxes from the average American any way they can. Sure. The top one percent, they're not going to go after these eighty seven thousand FBI agents that were are going to be hired based on this new legislation that the Democrats just passed. They're all coming after individuals like you and me. They want to collect that 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 taxes on that Patreon money that you and I make. Sense up. Speaking of Patreon, Ron, why don't you tell us people what we what what we have as a Patreon as I go get another beer. All right. Well, as always, every Sunday night at 930, we do Ron and Brian after dark. They're the stories that are a little too sexy, a little too sassy, except for last week. Last week's episode was pretty dark. So we're going to try and get back to the sexy stories this week. Uh, if you are not currently a Patreon subscriber, all you need to do is go to Ron and Brian podcast. Dot com in the upper right hand corner you'll see a little link uh, to become a patron and you click on that you join at the bronze level or higher that is ten dollars a month or higher and you get access to the live feed uh, that happens at 9 30 uh, if you come in at the five dollar level you just get the uh, the recording afterwards uh, but we're going to have a great show it's going to start in about 44 minutes so if you get onto patreon and you join us uh, you'll be able to we'll be able to get to the link and you can join us later on. Uh, one person who unfortunately will not be joining the Patreon tonight, Brian, Anne Haste, who uh, 
may or may not may or may not have passed away by now. There's still I know she's was going to be taken off of life support today, uh, but still not certain if that has happened or if she has actually passed away yet. Ron, yes. When does life end? Oh, I mean, I would say it's uh, when you get married. Oh, you're talking about actual end of life is what you're saying. Yes, yes, because I was thoroughly confused this week um, as to whether Anne Hayes was dead or alive. Um, and I'm not talking about the 1980s bands who were featured on the um, I Love the 80s tour. Um, remember that song? You spin me right. I, I do round, remember, yeah. Spin right round. Your, your microphone cut out. God damn it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so um, uh, the real, so so there was a story this week. Anne Hayes, I'm sure we're, everybody knows what's going on with her, um, slammed her car, may or may not allegedly have had cocaine in her system. I mean, you know, I don't I don't believe everything I read in the newspapers, um, but apparently she 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 slammed her car into a building car engulfs in flames, took an hour for them for firefighters to put the uh, flame out, um, basically um, went into the hospital in a coma. Um, there were news reports throughout the week that she was dead. Who was the person recently that died that uh, William Esquire and Janelle kept promoting that they were? Oh, the, the leave the beaver. Tony guy. Dow. Dow Jones? Tony Dow. Tony Jones? Just keep talking about Anne Haisht. Okay. So um, is there a T? I thought it was Anne Haisht. Anne Haisht. That's it, Anne so, Haisht. No, but you're saying Haisht. Haisht. Like with a T. Like, hey, like you did something. I'm just over-pronunciating is what I'm doing. Is that COVID fog? <laughs> it might be. Yeah, I think so. Um, so... Uh, so, uh, so so on Friday morning, I woke up, I looked, first thing I always do, if, as soon as I wake up, I grab my, my, my phone and I immediately look to see what's going on in the world. Did any of the people I had in my Deadpool for 2022 kick the bucket? Daddy needs some points. Daddy's got no points. Mm. Um, and uh, I saw a story, Anne Hayes not expected to survive. And I was like, oh, wow. I didn't realize she was actually going to be that bad um, in terms of uh, uh, recovering from this car crash. And then later on in the day, Anne Hayes, uh, uh, pronounced dead um, in uh, California where she lived. Right. Uh, that uh, uh, loved ones were already pouring out, you know, heaven has gained an angel. Um, Earth has lost a hero. And now the end is near. And so we raise the final curtain. Anywho, so um, so then today I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, so at the time I was like, uh, and he's like, very sorry. So then today I'm reading an article in the, I think it was the Washington Post. I could be wrong. Okay. They said that Anne Hayes was going to be taken off life support today. Because they found... A, uh, a donor uh, 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 for some of her vital organs. Correct. That they were, that she had declared herself that she wanted to be an organ donor. I hope you are an organ donor. Are you? I am not, no. I am absolutely not. I am still of the mindset when I read that, uh, uh, that, that, that urban legend that if you are listed, if you have on your driver's license or state ID um, issued by your local uh, motor vehicle department, 
um, that if you have organ donor check, the paramedics will immediately look at the cart. And if you are an organ donor, they will let you die as opposed to giving you medical need to keep you alive. I, I certainly believe, believe that. Perfect. That's true. Um, so they uh, so they announced they had found a, 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 a recipient for her for some of her organs and that they were going to turn off life support. However, in California, once you are here, we go because because William Esquire cannot allow me to state a fact. He's got to beat me to it. Got to beat me to it. Um, so uh, so so I, I, I will we'll just use William Esquire's worlds. Um, California law states that if you're brain dead, you can officially be declared as dead. So her so her so she was declared on Friday brain dead. But her body was still um, uh, alive. Uh, heart was pumping. Um, limbs were warm, whatnot, um, which led me to, to first off, uh, rest in peace and Hache, or as I will be um, stating on social media tomorrow, rest in power and Hache. We don't do rest in peace. We say rest in rest power. Rest in power, yes. On Facebook, rest in power. Um, but you know, everyone's been talking over the past couple of weeks about when life is starts. When what is the conception of life? Is it when the sperm fertilizes the egg? Is it birth? Is it when the fetus? I almost said embryo. Mm-hmm. When the fetus has reached the point of maturation where it can exist on its own and not only through the um, uh, umbilical cord. However, nobody's talking about when does life end? You're asking the real questions now, Brian. Ron, when does life end? I mean, I think, uh, I think when your brain is dead, I think that's a fairly good, uh, fairly good cutoff point. So you're saying that people who are in long-term comas for 10, 15 years, they're, uh, they're, they're dead. I think uh, I think an argument could be made. I mean, what kind of life is that at that point? Mm. I don't know. No, no, no. Now you're talking quality of life. I'm okay. talking about actual life. I, again, I think if you have no registrable brain activity, I think you could make the argument that someone is is dead at that point, regardless as if the body wants to keep on living. Uh, I think if if, you know, the, the brain activity is minimal or gone. You know, I think you have to question whether that person is actually alive or not. Really? See, I would say that life is um, over when you cannot um, live off of a machine, when you cannot live without the um, help of um, when you're not being kept alive by machines. I would say that's also a good uh, a good uh, bellwether. I think if I can kick you down a flight of stairs, <laughs> yeah. if you're not breathing at the end of it, that's when life ends. We'll have to test that theory out. Do you know any old people that we could that, that they <laughs> volunteer? Like, can we swing by a nursing home and just borrow some old people and test that theory out? Like, I'm I'll sure there are, there are some people that are willing to uh, to leave this ethereal plane, Brian, and go to the next next point. Do you think we have to pay them, or do you think they pay us? How does that work? I mean, I think we ask if they would subscribe to the Patreon and then they can just, you know, we'll let that roll until, Lifetime someone, remember, until someone remembers to cut off that credit card. Mm, I like your thinking. Or what if they give us the credit card number of their children and we use that credit card? Also good. Also good. I think that is also an acceptable solution. 
Do you think that we should add a level on our Patreon where if somebody puts, say, $50,000 as a one-time payment, that they become lifetime members of the Patreon? I think that's more than fair. Uh, do you think, think 50 is enough? Do you think 50 is enough or should it be 100? You know what? I think 100. All right. I think we will, we will, we will set that tier up. Uh, that will be the infinity tier. Uh, I think we call it. So if you pledge at the infinity tier, $100,000, you get the lifetime access to Ron and Brian After Dark. Uh, You get the hoodie and the coffee mug. We'll even throw in some new stickers uh, and a shot glass. I think that sounds good. I I believe you get a, we should give, you should also get a shout out. You get a shout out and maybe, uh, and Brian will, will, uh, will slow jam uh, your eulogy. Yes. And also one other thing you actually, and, and this one, I think, I think we haven't run this by, by each other yet, but I think this is fair. Okay. You, um, as if you are, if you join the Patreon at an infinity level, the fact that you're not running the banner at the bottom of the screen, <laughs> criminal Ron, it's criminal. My apologies. Um, the, the very fact that if you, if you come in at the infinity level, you, um, not, you also get a one-on-one, can you beat Ron? Oh, all right. I'm one down on for one. It. No William doubt. Esquire, no Janelle. You just it is it is you at your infinity tier. You go up against Ron. Um, a hundred thousand dollars. I think that's I think that's a steal. It's uh, a bargain. Know? Um, it's a and bargain. I will show you if you come in. Also, I'm going to throw this in there. I'm going to give you the Mar-a-Lago treatment for a hundred thousand dollars if you come in as at the infinity level. I will show you my classified documents. I will show you, um, not my tax returns, because no. they're, they're so confusing Complicated. that the average person doesn't wouldn't understand them. So you don't get to see my tax returns. I'll show you my birth certificate. You can take a look at my passport. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll show you the results of my most recent colonoscopy, uh, prostate exam. You can actually give me your own prostate exam if you will, if you want. Now you now I, you're now you're spoiling people. I think I now will you're lay down. People. I will lay down on the table on my side. I will bring my knees up to my chest. You will be allowed. You do have to put on a rubber glove because we, Fair. you know monkeypox, right? Monkeypox is still out there. And after properly lubing up your two fingers and inserting them inside my rectum, you can feel around to see how my prostate is doing. For $100,000 at the infinity level, I believe that that is the ultimate um, uh, uh, perk, as we like to call it in the biz. Without a doubt. Uh, Brian, more more tragic passings to talk about this week. Uh, A South Carolina woman was killed this week after she was impaled in the chest by a beach umbrella that had blown away in a gust of wind. Uh, Rest in power, queen. Rest in power, Queen Tammy Peralt, uh, age 63, was at a Garden City beach uh, when the umbrella broke loose from its anchor, struck her around 12.40 p.m. Uh, from uh, witnesses, they say it it went the, the tip, I guess the, the top part of it, or maybe the post, I'm not 100% sure, went through her arm and, and, and jagged its, uh, jutted itself into her rib cage. Um, and she bled out in 30 to 40 seconds, people say. So uh, she got the tip? 
she got more than just the tip, apparently. Uh, local uh, medical professionals and good Samaritans uh, provided first aid, but uh, died. she died uh, an hour later from her chest trauma. It's a real shame because she died without ever being given the opportunity to join up for our Patreon at the infinity level. Um, we had just recently spoken, exchanged some uh, messages about a week ago where she had said to me, hey, hey, boo, I'm at the beach. My husband just went into the water, so I'm reaching out to you. I noticed that you guys had a Patreon for the podcast, and I was I was thinking about joining. Um, you know, the bronze and the aluminum level pittances, pittances. I'm not showing proper support. I see something called the diamond level, but I don't believe that that's, that's accurately showing my love for the Ron and Brian podcast. What? How? How more can I support the show? And just as we were typing in fee, she died. Impalement. First off, I'm just going to say this. I just think, you know, and, and I'm not trying to, you know, I, I realize right now I may be cutting off all the residents of the Carolinas from their Patreon uh, membership. But Jesus, I think of the Carolinas, and all I can think of is just trash. <laughs> Just garbage trash. Like, I just think of, like, people, like, chewing tobacco. Um, absolutely Trump supporters, but thinking that they're not, like, the racist Trump supporters. But they really are. But they just think that they're they're, they're not as bad. Um, what else? What am I thinking of when I think of the Carolinas? Uh, uh, shitty barbecue. Like, isn't their barbecue oh all, like, vinegar-based? They, they do uh, a lot of vinegar-based sauces down there. Yeah, yes. vinegar. Yeah, you can't do a vinegar-based. That's disgusting. Um, oh, yeah, here's another one from the Carolinas. Boiled peanuts. <laughs> Somebody can explain to me that phenomenon, how someone could sit there and take a roasted peanut that has already been cooked and said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to soak this thing in boiling water so it's, a, it, it's just a paste. Oh, disgusting. Well, Just. Brian, that wasn't the worst uh, <clears throat> uh, death we read about this week. Uh, just sneaking in under the wire before we went to to do the show tonight. A Pennsylvania teenager died this week after getting pulled into a wood chipper while working. Uh, Isaiah Badox, age 17, was helping with a tree removal job when his clothing got caught in the wood chipper and he was pulled through the machine. Uh, he was transported by a helicopter to Lehigh Valley Hospital with multiple traumatic injuries uh, where he was pronounced dead uh, about an hour and a half after that. If you went through a wood chipper, what was left to be brought to the, the hospital? I mean, I guess maybe uh, there were still chunks of him available. I'm not quite sure. Like, I guess his arm went in first or his leg. I, 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 you would think like if it was a piece of clothing, you would think it caught like a sleeve or something like that. But, oh, that's mm -hmm. a that's a horrible way to go. I think so. I, I I would I would put that up there as one of the ten worst ways. Almost as bad as falling into a vat of porridge. The vat of porridge death is one of that one's yeah, that one's still the worst, I think. The only thing that made the vat of porridge from last week we talked was that there's video of it. Like I feel like if you die a horrible death that's worthy of you and I talking about it, at the very least, give the world a a video of your death we should be able right now to watch this woman 
sip down a Tito's and iced tea on the beach with her. I'm assuming she had fake blonde hair. I'm assuming that she was wearing a one piece. I mean, you're not wrong um, so far. I'm assuming that she had a daughter at least 22 years old. Um, and like, like, we should watch the video of that umbrella going like, you know, like turning upside, right? I wish, I wish we had, right uh, I wish we had video of that, but we don't, my friend. We should be watching, um, I, what was his name again? Isakoff? <laughs> Isaiah. Isaiah. We should watch Isaiah literally pushing a tree stump through a wood chipper, watching it get caught, being like, that's okay. I'm just going to stomp on it with my foot and push the tree remnants as his foot gets caught and just just churned into that wood chipper. You know, do you think it was like a shredder with the, do you think it was cross-sectional? Do you think it was a wood chipper that just did strips? I mean, they were they were doing trees, so I think it was probably a cross-sectional uh, wood chipper. Do you think they reuse that machine after they give it a good cleaning? or do you I think mean, you hose retire? it out and then you just turn it back on again, is my guess. You think that there's like a little piece of, of of Isaiah that's stuck in the machine that doesn't come out in the cleaning, and then like a week or so later when they plug the machine back in to use it again, and it starts grinding up again, that it just shoots out like a toe that nobody thought was still on there. And it's a little <laughs> petrified. It's, it's a little dried up, but like it's it's you, very possible. It's very possible. I would be a little uncomfortable being the team that got assigned that machine at the week after. Yeah, I would. I would. I would request a different uh, a different wood chipper. Yeah, I think so. I mean, those these are hazards. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't worry about with my job. <laughs> no, you don't have to worry about a wood chipper in an office. That's why I also don't go to the beach because I don't want an umbrella that goes right through me. There you go. Another another good reason to stay out of the sun. Uh, one uh, one follow up story here. Uh, we have often spoken about uh, Greece actor Eddie Deason and the uh, the various uh, trouble he's gotten himself into. Uh, so apparently he has recently been found unable to stand trial. Uh, because of an unspecified mental disorder. Uh, he was uh, arrested in April after allegedly burglarizing a nursing home. Uh, but he will, uh, he, will not, uh, he will not stand trial for that. Uh, instead, uh, apparently he will, be, uh, he will be placed in a, a mental health facility and treated. Um, and then I guess after that, maybe he can be, uh, he can be charged. I don't know. Free Eddie Deason. <laughs> I know you were a fan. Uh, you and you and Eddie go way back uh, on the con circuit, um, so I understand. Uh, I understand your defense of him. He did nothing wrong. That's and all then, I can say. He did nothing wrong. Well, he did. He did burglarize a nursing home, which he technically was visiting a family member and um, had those uh, meddlesome kids not gotten involved with their dog. Um, he would have gotten away with it. Um, speaking of Greece, Olivia Newton-John passed away this week um, at the age of 73 after battling cancer for a number of years. Uh, Brian, you were uh, you were a huge Xanadu fan, if I remember. I was. Why? Well, I'm, I, I would think this would be rather tragic for you then for her passing. Xanadu! Xanadu! 
I don't even think you're coming close to what the song was. But that's Gene right. Kelly was in that movie. Um, <laughs> one of the guys from the Warriors, if I remember, ELO had a, a couple songs in the soundtrack. Um, uh, yeah, I love that movie. I saw that movie in the theaters when it came out. I remember my family and I bought the soundtrack. My mom had it on vinyl records and we would listen to it. All right. Anything else before we uh, we wrap up here this week? No, I think you were joking. I, I think you were joking that I like Xanadu, and now you're realizing, <laughs> holy fuck, he really did like Xanadu. What's <laughs> wrong with this guy? Like, holy Christ, you I, Kelly was in it. I threw it out there as a joke, and then you literally became the human IMDb page for Xanadu. <laughs> and I was there are and this is why I love you so much. There are, when you feel that you have peeled back all the layers of the Brian Onion, you will f that would have been a perfect question for the uh, who knows Brian better during the last sure. Can You Beat Ron because I guarantee you no one would have said Brian uh, went to see Xanadu in the theaters when it came out. Yeah, yeah, no, I love that movie. I remember there was a, she was, um, he was working at a, a record store and um, somebody had drawn her and her friends and they were supposedly like muses from the heavens. Um, and then they all came to life and they roller skated quite a bit in that movie. Um, and I remember he was supposed to be a little rock and roll and she was like sweet. Um, and then I have no idea who Gene Kelly was. I, I haven't seen that movie in years. But I remember he, he did a couple song and dance numbers in that. Well, you have, as always, you have, uh, you never fail to amaze me. Thank you. Thank you much. Well, I mean, I, I, think... I, I'm going to say this. I never thought you were going to get COVID. <laughs> Listen, I was on a run. I didn't think I was going to get it either, but uh, go figure. So, uh, again, I think, uh, I think we've done another great show here. True I 19. think we are. In the bag. I think we are prepping for an awesome after dark coming up in oh, just about 21 I'm, minutes. I'm not, we, we, we missed one bit that I want to get to because I actually have something to talk about. Okay. Ron, what are you watching? Uh, what am I watching? So I watched the uh, the new movie Prey on Hulu, the latest uh, chapter in the Predator uh, series. I thought uh, that was only in theaters. No, it's uh, it's available on Hulu. Not bad. Uh, I watched Blackbird on Apple TV. Highly recommend it. Mm -hmm. uh, I watched uh, I Just Killed My Dad, a new uh, three how, series docu series. How is that? Not bad. I think they could have cranked it out in an hour and a half. It's it's a little slow, but worth sure. the watch. And right. just started watching another series on Apple TV called Invasion, uh, about about an alien invasion of Earth. So I'm about four episodes into that. Kind of slow, but but worth sticking with. Brian, what um, are you watching? I watched a movie from the, 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 the strong powerhouse that is Ron and Brian. And when I say Ron and Brian, I mean... Ron Howard and Brian Glazier. Uh -oh. um, Imagine Entertainment, a movie on Amazon Prime, uh, 13 Lives. Watched it yesterday. It tells the story of a um, youth soccer team in Thailand. The story took place probably about five years ago. Right. Um, they uh, went into a cave um, uh, uh, network. Uh, you know, uh, uh, one day during the afternoon, it started to rain while they're in the cave. And before they realized it, they had gotten so deep into the cave network that their their path to the entrance um, uh, had been flooded and they could not walk through it. 
Um, they were trapped for almost 20 days and uh, required um, international aid um, uh, to rescue them. All, all 13 boys, hence the name 13 Lives, were, um, uh, were saved. It's a very powerful story. Um, it's a two and a half hour um, uh, movie. Mm, Could have shaved probably a half an hour off of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, Colin Farrell is in it. Vigo Mortensen is in it. Um, uh, Gene Gene Kelly is in it. Uh, very strange how he you know breaks <laughs> out into a song and dance number. Yeah, while uh, Colin Farrell is underwater to rescuing the boys. Um, but I thought that was um, quite entertaining. And then today I watched what was not a very good movie, Two Twenty Two, which I believe was on Netflix. Could have been Hulu. Might have been Netflix. Um, all about you know uh, uh, a guy in New York who starts seeing um, uh, coincidences um, and uh, basically starts following the uh, thread of them. I would not recommend it, um, but I absolutely recommend Thirteen Lives. Also, yes, uh, William Esquire is correct. Eddie Deason does play one of the Thai boys um, who is stuck in the cave. Wow, um, that is that is range. To me, I thought it was his finest acting job ever. All right. Anything else before we cut on out of here this week and get ready for After Dark? I have to go prepare right now. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We will catch you next week. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube. Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again next week.